This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 110 is going to be from Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4 read, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And so we see the importance that Paul puts on looking out for the interest of others. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, placing yourself above everybody else, or conceit, thinking that you're better than everybody else and that you're deserving of things that are better than everybody else. And so we are to do things in lowliness of mind and let each esteem others better than himself. If anyone had the right to esteem himself better than others, it would have been Christ. But he didn't. He humbled himself and came here. If we go on in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So Christ did not exalt himself. He did not do anything through selfish ambition or conceit. He did not thank himself better than anyone else. Even though he was perfect, even though he was equal with God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He did not do anything through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind he came here. And he esteemed others better than himself. He looked out for the interest of others, even though those others were his enemies. He came to his own, and his own received him not. John chapter 1 and verse 11. And so if our Lord is like that, we need to be like that as well. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 25, it says, It is enough that a servant be like his master. You see, we need to become like our master. In Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 22, the Bible says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. We see that Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, began in the Old Testament. The concept began in the Old Testament. The person of God was to be a considerate person, was to be a person that considered the needs of other people, the interest of other people. The landowners were not even to reap the entirety of their field, but they were to consider the interest of the poor and the stranger. In Leviticus chapter 23 
And verse 22, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleanings from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And we so we see, even going back into the law, that it was the responsibility of the man of God not only to look out for his own interest, but the interest of those around him. Just as today, it is the Christian's responsibility not only to... <clears throat> only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. This has been God's line of thinking all the way back into the book of Leviticus. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, the Bible says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. So God saw two commandments as the most important. He said the first one is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And then he said the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You can you should consider your neighbor's needs. Don't just look out for your own needs. Look out for your neighbors as well. Love your neighbor. Just as in Leviticus, he told them to love the poor and the fatherless, to leave the corners of their fields so that they could eat. Consider them and what they need. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. In Luke chapter 10, verses 29 through 37, the Bible says, But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the, that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. And Jesus was explaining this in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he saw that the priest and the Levite, even though they were his brethren, they passed by on the other side. They didn't consider anybody's interest but their own. And a Samaritan, whom the Jews hated, he considered the interest of this man that was wounded. And he put him on his donkey, he bandaged his wounds, he poured oil and wine on them, which were expensive in and of themselves. And he set him on his own animal and took him to the end and paid for it. He gave him two denarius, and then he told him, if you need anything else when I come back through, I will pay you what you spent. And even the man that was trying to trap Jesus understood that 
This was his neighbor, the one that considered not only his own interest, but the interest of everyone that was around him. The Samaritan cared for this man. He loved him, and he treated him as his neighbor. The two great commands, to love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and the second is like unto it, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You see, the Samaritan understood this. And when we place ourselves above other people, either with selfish ambition or conceit, and we don't esteem ourselves as lower than other people, and we do not take their interest into heart, then we don't understand how to love our neighbor. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. You see, Paul understood not looking out for his own interest only, but to the interest of everyone that was around him. As the good Samaritan understood it physically and took care of the man that was beaten and fell among thieves, placed him on his donkey, bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine on them, took him to the inn and paid for it, and then told the innkeeper that if you need anything else, I'll pay for it when I come back through. He understood physically what it meant to love thy neighbor. Paul here demonstrates to us the spiritual context of that same parable. He says, I have become a servant of all. For though I'm free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. He understood that they had a spiritual need They're spiritually sick, and he wants to win them for Christ so that they can have their spiritual sickness forgiven and healed. And so he became like a Jew to the Jew. He became as without law to those that were without law, talking about the Gentiles, that he might win the Gentiles. He became weak to those that were weak so that he might win the weak. He said, I become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. He considered the spiritual need of those around him, and they really mattered to him. And so he became all things to all men that he might by all means save some. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. And that includes spiritual needs as well. We have a great need to be saved ourselves, but we need to understand that the people around us need the Word of God as well and that we need to help them come to God. And so we should become all things to all men that we might by all means save some. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own but each one the other's well-being. And so Paul understood, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Even if it's lawful for me to do this and it hurts you, I'm not going to do it because it's not edifying to you. I'm not going to seek my own interest as long as it hurts you. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Paul said, I would eat no more meat if it caused my brother to stumble. And so Paul said, I have a right to eat meat, 
but I'm not going to eat it if it causes you to stumble. I'm going to give up that right so that you can be saved. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. In Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And so Paul says we ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. We need to bear with them. We need to help them come to God. And sometimes that means we're going to have to give of our time. Sometimes that means we're going to have to give of our money. Sometimes that means we have to give of ourselves so that we can help them. So that we become all things to all men. That we might by all means save some. Let us each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. Edification is teaching. Let us teach our neighbor. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Christ was more concerned with helping others than with his well-being. This is proved in the fact that he was willing to go to a cross for our sins. He was willing to take our reproaches, even though we were his enemy, even though we had sinned against him. He was willing to take them upon him so that we could have the hope of everlasting life through obedience to him. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thanks no evil. So love suffers long with people, and it's kind, even when it doesn't want to be sometimes. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, doesn't think that it's better than others, does not behave rudely. Even when other people behave rudely to you, you don't have the right to behave rudely back to them because we are to love people. Does not seek its own. And by seek its own, it means to seek your own well-being over that of others, is not provoked, thanks no evil. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but the, also for the interest of others. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. In Galatians chapter 6, And verse 10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Let us do good to all. Let's consider the needs of everyone around us and do good to all, but especially to the household of faith. In James chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demotic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Notice willing to yield. It doesn't always have to have your own way. The wisdom that is from above yields to the wisdom that is knows more than he does. The wisdom that is from above isn't self-seeking. Self-seeking wisdom is earthly, sensual, and demonic. The Christian's responsibility is not only to his own interest, but the interest of those around him. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.